Social Media Serenity, podcast episode number eight. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Social Media Serenity. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. And I'm Eric Fisher. Today, we're here to talk about filtering out the filth, my friends. All right, Eric. So there's this little issue on the Internet. I don't know if you've ever come across it, but occasionally, believe it or not, there are some sites out on the net that are not necessarily, uh, they're not very uh, family friendly. Let's put it that way. I've not heard of this. That on the internet, you mean? Yeah, there's this thing. <laughs> there's these. There's these objectionable photos and videos and all sorts of things that can just get your eyes to wandering in places where maybe they ought not wonder. Man, I don't know what sites you're visiting, but I've not seen that before. <laughs> well, maybe that's because you are doing things the right way. <laughs> Although, one of the things that I want to just say right off the bat, no matter what you're using to filter out the filth on the internet, there is no way to get rid of it all. Yes. And and anybody that thinks that that's the case, uh, you're sadly mistaken. Uh, and I want to talk a little bit. Now, have you ever worked with filtering software at at all? I've not had to, but I know that we have some at work, and sometimes it can be frustrating because it'll filter out something that's legit. But, you know, for the most part, it does keep us safe. Gotcha. Now, what are some reasons? uh, This is a social media, social networking uh, podcast. So the question is, why does this become a topic for social media uh, or social media serenity? Uh, why is it a part of this show? And I think the reason why is because as we're browsing the web, surfing from one place to the next and clicking links that people link us to, it's just bound to happen that things are going to appear on our screens that we probably don't want appearing on our screens. It could be because we're at work and checking our Facebook 12 times each hour, which, by the way, if that's the case, I encourage you to listen to some of the prior episodes of Social Media Serenity so that this stuff does not eat up your life. Uh, but also, you might be browsing the web and doing some social media stuff uh, there in the comforts of your own home, and you might have young children uh, looking over your shoulder from time to time. And, and, you know, and, and also, and I'll just be quite honest with you, as a husband, there's only one woman that I want to think about in, in those kind of ways. And that woman is my wife. And I want to remain pure to her, not only physically, but emotionally and mentally as well. And so therefore, I'll be honest with you, whether I'm at work or, and there are people around or whether I'm with, in a room alone or with my kids around, it doesn't matter. I still just don't want to see that stuff on my screen. Right. And so there's a need to filter, there, there is a need to filter some things out. And so that's kind of what we're going to talk about today are some of the options that are available to us. And one of the things that we mentioned last week was a service called OpenDNS. Do you know anything about OpenDNS? I've heard of it vaguely, and it seemed appealing, but I just didn't have time to deep dive into it. So I'm all ears. All right. Well, I want to I want to explain to you guys how I heard about DNS and really how I've felt about filtering systems. Um, or in the past, even up until as much as as late as three weeks ago, 
And first of all, I heard about OpenDNS not because of its filtering capabilities, but I've just had a lot of problems in uh, linking to websites. I, I do a lot of work for clients over at PodcastAnswerMan.com where I'm helping people set up web pages, switching them over from a static HTML over to um, maybe a WordPress solution. Sometimes we're changing them from their web host that they're with right now, putting them over to a new web host. And when we do that, we have to switch their DNS records, which I'm not going to go into detail of what all that is because that's really not the main point of this conversation today. But when I switch their DNS records, it's kind of like doing a forwarding address at the post office. And and sometimes mail might, you know, some things might slip through. Like, for example, the mailman might not know that you've put a change of address in and it may slip through and they still deliver the the package to the old address. Does that make sense? Right. And so I was having a lot of issues where DNS uh, records were not changing in all the different locations uh, quite fast enough. And I needed to be able to switch the DNS and have almost immediate record change. And I've heard a lot of people say, well, Cliff, you know what? Instead of using the DNS servers from your ISP, why don't you use open DNS and, and you'll find it much smoother. And so the other day I was working on this and, and I had another one of these situations come up and I installed, I, I went in and configured it for open DNS and immediately I was able to log into the site that I was trying to log into. That, that address change had gone through and I, it, it functioned wonderfully. When I got in there, though, I learned that OpenDNS has some configuration options, and one of the options is to allow it to filter out certain websites. So fit people who have these websites that are known as phishing websites. Do you know what a phishing website is, Eric? Yeah, that's when they try to gather uh, certain information from you by hooking you with uh, a certain like fake, hey, here, your bank account, we've, we've had something go wrong. We need you to get into it and you know, fix it. Right. So click here and sign in and update this information right away. And of yes. course, what what you're doing is you're clicking a think, link and you might think that it says paypal.com, but it actually says, you know, it, it says P Y or P let's see, P A L P A Y.com or whatever. It, it, it's, it's trying to make it appear that. So exactly that's what's going on. So there's some filtering in there for, uh, for phishing. And with OpenDNS, there were different levels that you can choose from. And I chose the most the most basic level because I'm one of those people, I really don't want a lot of um, responses when I type in a URL or click on a link. I don't want to say a thing that says, I'm sorry, but I'm protecting you from this. So with that being said, here's here's what happened is I went ahead and chose the one that is the most basic and it does filter out pornography. And it's like, well, that's something I definitely do want to get rid of. I, I if if I if I could just have one more hurdle to jump over to get to getting to that kind of materials, I would love to have additional hurdles. Yes. And so I went ahead and turned that and I want to tell you that I found OpenDNS to be an absolutely wonderful resource. In fact, there have been many times that I've actually done a Google search and I've clicked on a link wondering, you know, is this the, the, the site that I'm looking for or is this, you know, some kind of adult site? And there have been times when it says, oh, wait a second, this site's blocked. And it, it, it always tells you it's blocked because of this type of material. 
And I have found it to be quite useful, especially when doing image searches on Google. Sometimes I'll do an image search looking for something that I can use in a document or a presentation. And uh, what I found, though, is that it does actually, unfortunately, allow some images to pass through. So this thing is not an end-all, be-all, fix-it solution to Google searches. So if you go into Google, because what happens is Google will cache. Do you can you explain what caching is? Um, it's basically, let's see, remembering. Uh, well, okay, it's it's forward remembering of what you might be going to or anything that's attached to the page that you're at. Exactly. So what they're doing is they're they're copying a lo- they're copying the image on their own space. So Google goes out, searches for these images. They find them. They say, you know what? We're just going to keep a copy of this here. We, I mean, we already know it's here. We know what the picture looks like. So we're going to take this thumbnail of your image and we're going to store it on our server. And that means that we can serve these images so much faster when you're doing a search result. Right. And so what happens is all those pornographic sites out there have these thumbnail images when you're doing a Google search for images. And those things can still show up. Um, if your safe search is not turned on and it, it's when you if you were to click on that that's when you would get the block so um, it, it's good but it's not it's not a perfect solution so there's some other things and one of the other things I will tell you if you're if you're logged into Google one of the preferences that you can do when you're in searching you can actually click on Google preferences and turn safe search on and there's basic, there's medium, and there's high or whatever. And it will filter out those images as much as possible. So uh, make sure that you understand that there is this Google safe search that allows you to filter out some things just without having any filtering software or DNS stuff installed. But with that said, just go and give it a try. Type in opendns.com. And first of all, it's free. I love that it's free. And if you go to opendns.com and then where there's a tab at the top it says use OpenDNS and it tells you how there there's gives you step by step instructions on how to configure your computer individually or how to configure your router let's just say if you have a wireless router or something like that they have all the different uh brands there and um there's also video tutorials just all kinds of information it's very easy to set up uh, if you're even somewhat technically inclined. If you're not, there are other solutions. And uh, that's where I turned to the community today and said, hey, do you guys know anything that you use uh, that you can recommend as a filtering option to keep some of the filth out of our homes and off of our computer desktops? And uh, do you want to read what Nick Padley said? Sure. He says, hey, Cliff, I speak about this often. There's software and there is hardware. For software, I recommend SafeEyes. That's SafeEyes.com. And for hardware, I recommend iBoss. That, then there's a link in the show notes for that. Okay. So, And, of course, we'll put those links in the show notes uh, as well for episode number eight here of Social Media Serenity. And I'm looking at this one, the iBoss. It's called the Internet Parental Control Filtering Solutions. Uh, and it looks like it's $39.95. And it looks just, it, I mean, it pre- basically, it just looks like a router replacement, is all mm-hmm. it is. Uh, and I, I'm wondering if that's actually any better than just using OpenDNS on your own router, which is free. 
So if you already have a router, I would just go ahead and do that. This one has a subscription, it looks like. Exactly. And so, um, you know, but of course, if, if if that works for you and you don't want to learn how to configure a, your own router, which, by the way, the step-by-step instructions are there. It's really easy. All right. Aaron Benedict wrote in. He says he uses his, his uh, OS X on his Mac. It has parental controls built in. He says that works quite well. So I, I'm interested in hearing some other people's feedback on that. That sounds interesting. The uh, the the previous one, the Safe Eyes. I looked that up. That's actually the one that uh, it's got a picture of Dave Ramsey there. So, oh great! It's a software, and so it looks like it's just a one time. You buy the software, install it, and you're good to go. Um, now that I think about it, I think I've heard him do that uh, commercial before. Well, it sounds like they're obviously so. uh, sponsoring Dave Ramsey shows, and I know I I. I I like Dave Ramsey enough and believe in his integrity enough that he would not take on an endo- uh, a sponsor and endorse a product like that unless he really believed in it. So yeah, I wholeheartedly I, agree. And he's that kind of guy, and I and I respect him for that. And so uh, safe, uh, it's called uh, safeeyes.com, and check that one out as well. Uh, what about Scott Hamilton? What's he got? Let's see. He says he knows of two. One is Covenant Eyes. They're a sponsor of the LifeSpring podcasts. And the Triple X Church Free Software. I've heard of that one. That's uh, some guys who basically go around and their main mission is to reach uh, people in the porn industry with Jesus. So, Very and they have a they have a free software that you can download and use. Very cool. And and I'm not sure if if that's the one that um my you know my pastor talks about using but there's there's one that if there are some folks that you know you know if you might be an individual that really struggles with um you know searching for that stuff when you really don't want to but you find yourself going back to it a lot um my pastor was talking about a software that he and some guys in the ch- the the leadership of our church uses where they subscribe to the service and it emails a a document of every single URL that you visit to to people that you choose. I think that's it. Yeah, I've heard of that one. And so I'm not sure if that's the Triple X Church free software or whatever the case may be. But but here's the thing is is the question is are you using anything to help filter this stuff out? And one of the things that I want to say is that if your purpose in doing this is is to keep your children from seeing things on the internet, please understand this. You may put this stuff on your computer. That that doesn't mean it's on your your next door neighbor's computer. And when your son or your daughter goes over there, there's nothing blocking them there. And so I think that just putting software on your computer alone is not enough. I think it's important to sit down and have conversations with your children. In fact, today on Family from the Heart uh, podcast, which is actually come up, coming up right after this at 12 o'clock, uh, Stephanie and I are doing episode 73, talking about the birds and the bees, uh, otherwise known as having the sex talk with your kids. So we're going to be talking about that today. But I think it's important to understand that also, understand this, putting this software on your computer, and this is where I say that my my um, perspective has changed. Up until just recently, until I installed OpenDNS, I had thought to myself, you know what, there's no reason really for me to put filtering software on my computers because number one, I don't want to be blocked. And number two, I have a real huge issue with the fact that, you know, if I want to see something on the internet, I'm technically savvy enough to know how to get around it. Right. You know, and, and here's, the, here's the other situation. 
I hope to teach my kids enough about technology that my kids, if they wanted to get around it, they would be able to do so in a heartbeat. So that I have a desire for my kids to know how to crack filtering software to get to something on the internet that they want to see. But my all, my desire as a parent, however, is to train my children and train their heart in such a way that they would not desire to see things that are not desirable, that shouldn't be as desirable. You see what I'm saying? Oh, exactly. So I want my kids to know how to use technology. But what I've learned, though, is that there are times when you go on the net and just the fact that something is in the way, it is a hurdle that you must you know, circumvent. That in itself, the fact that you have to do something to overcome that is sometimes enough willpower to keep you from going and doing and seeing things on the web that you shouldn't be anyway. So, I, yeah, I agree, especially if it's an accident because you may just think, "Oh, do 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 going here. Whoa, what's this?" But if you've got the hurdle there, you think, "Man, what's blocking? Oh, I see what's happening." And you don't even get exposed to it accidentally. So, exactly. So, do you have anything else that you wanted to add on filtering out the filth? Um, yeah, I think it, it really is just a matter of you've got to have the talks with the kids because, which is kind of reopening the, the issue from last week, because I know personally when I was a kid, you know, to use an analogy, I went to my f- friend's house to watch stuff on TV at their place that they were allowed to, that I wasn't. So it's yeah. the same scenario with the internet these days. Exactly. Exactly. All right, well, I'll tell you what, and and one other thing, and we've mentioned this in the past when we talked about Firefox and plugins, uh, but one of the plugins that I like also is Adblock Plus. I I personally am conflicted on Adblock Plus as a content creator. I am not, I'm somewhat opposed to cutting out somebody's income revenue, you know, I, I, I don't like that aspect of it. But at the other, on the other hand of the equation, I'll be honest with you, there are some websites where I go and, and there's some very valuable information on this website, but the ads that they've chosen to put on the side of their site is just like, you know what, that's just unacceptable. And I'd rather just not be faced with that advertisement. And so Adblock Plus, uh, which is a plug-in or an add-on that you can put into Firefox, is a great way to block a lot of objectionable advertising banner ads that are on your computer on, on on all these websites that we're visiting including Facebook. Yeah, well, especially Facebook. That's really the main reason I ever first instigated using Adblock Plus. Yep. And I found extra use for it later, so Exactly. So anyway, so those are just some different thoughts there. I'll tell you what, we do have some uh, calls that have come in, and these are regarding different things. And uh, Bonnie has a question about Twittering uh, for on, on a corporate account, uh, sending out personal messages. Here's what Bonnie's question is. Hey, Cliff and Eric. This is Lost Away Bonnie with a social media question. I am taking over the social media for a company that does 3D, 4D ultrasounds. And I've agreed to post every other day. And the goal is to put in pregnancy facts so that it's not just promotion. And I would also um, am thinking about putting in personal anecdotes, either from my past pregnancies or from friends and family who are now pregnant. Um, the problem is the Facebook and the Twitter IDs are the actual name of the company. So it would be kind of weird for me to say something about my personal life. 
So I'm just wondering if you guys have a suggestion on how I can get around this. Um, if it's a personal post, should I just like sign my first name after it or what I should do? And also, I wanted to let you know that I checked out Google Wave and I signed up. So thanks for the tip. Very cool, Bonnie. Thank you for calling in your question, by the way. We love to hear from the community, and this show is here for the community. So uh, thank you for, for submitting the question. Eric, do you have any thoughts on this off the top of your head? Okay. Well, first of all, I think that it's definitely something she needs to have a little bit of a dialogue with the uh, company about uh, just to kind of get their perspective first and kind of you know see if they can meet on a common ground. I think it's a great idea that you're going to put out content as far as facts and information, but also add that personal touch. And I would say go the extra step and even comment or respond to, in a personal tone, uh, comments and questions that are left for you uh, from your followers for that Twitter account. Um, I would say that the personal stuff is not necessarily out of bounds, but you may want to put that personal stuff somewhere else like a blog post and then just post the headline to it in that so you can actually you know type a paragraph somewhere else on a bigger blog post and then put the headline and the link to it that is exactly what i was going to say about the personal stuff now here's the situation if if the if the situation were slightly different let's just say bonnie this was your business and it and and the twitter id was in your business name and 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 pretty much when when the business when your business's brand is on the line your personal life is on the line and vice versa when your personal life is on the line and your then the then the then your business is on the line as well as far as your um uh your reputation then i would say yeah twitter way per- personal as personal as you want to get and that, i do that with at @gspn you know, GSPN is a is my personal business slash brand slash whatever you want to call it, and I I Twitter some very personal things on there. But at the same time, it's my business. I mean, I'm not. There's nothing I can say that I'm going to get upset with myself and fire myself for for saying. And I'm not going to ruin. I, I don't have to worry about you know. Does this represent the owners of this business? Uh, you know, is, is this going to come back and bite them uh, later? So so I agree with you 100, percent Eric. Is that you know, I, I number, but however, if you are in char- charge of somebody else's company's uh, twi- brand using their t- corporate Twitter ID, definitely use it and be personal. You know, be very personal, but don't, but don't share personal information. Um, give you a perfect example of this, and and you can just do a search for the at symbol. You know, the the is that shift uh, f or shift two? Do at Comcast cares in Google and you'll see people just people all over the world blogging about Frank from Comcast who is behind Comcast Cares. And this is a guy who everybody knows that you know f- that Comcast is a big corporation, but Frank is the guy behind the Twitter ID. And he doesn't sit there and say, "Hey, this is, you know, I- I'm really having a bad night tonight or hey, here's a funny story about my child or something like that or you know, heartwarming story. I was really touched and moved to tears when I saw this on, you know, on the USA Network. It, it's nothing like that. But when he does communicate with people, he's like, oh, man, I'm so sorry to hear that you're having trouble. Uh, is there a number? If you, D, if you DM me or direct me, message me your number, I'll personally contact you by phone and see if I can't help you out. 
that's that's the personal touch. And so when I think when you're handling somebody else's corporate identity via Twitter, give the personal touch but leave out the personal information. Does that is that that's pretty much what you said, right Eric? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I even said that as as long as um if she's wanting to give a personal experience, that's something where she really does need to get clearance for it first, permission. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. And and I like the idea of having a blog. I mean, many corporations have individuals who blog personally about, you know, hey, here's my experience. This is something you might be interested in. And you can and, – and I love what you said. Use Twitter to link back to the company blog, which also further – it just further um, drives home their brand. You know, and you can find a way of of saying, "Hey, uh, I, you know, Twitter post from the, you know, from my personal, you know, from the personal blog of Bonnie, or, or, or you can actually say my from my personal blog here, but, but putting it out into the stream of conversation on on Twitter as your personal conversation about your own personal life." maybe isn't the best use of Twitter. And of course, here we we a couple of weeks ago, Eric, remember we said, well there is really no wrong way right <laughs> of using Twitter. And be just know this, whatever you and your customer or your your uh company that you're w- representing, whatever you guys decide, it's you do what you want to do. But those are kind of our thoughts on it. Yeah, I I would say there is no wrong way to use Twitter, but there it depends on the context. Exactly. All right, so uh, we have another phone call that came in. This one's from John. He wants to tell us about an iPhone application that we have not yet mentioned here in Social Media Serenity. Hey, Cliff. Hey, Eric. This is John from Houston calling about uh, the Social Media Serenity podcast. And I'm calling because I wanted to uh, let you know I recently got an iPod Touch uh, for my birthday. And I was playing around last night for our, with uh, you know the different Twitter apps. You know, there's always... Different ones. I didn't know if you ever mentioned this one called Twitter Landscape. You know, it's a, it's a Twitter app that, that's able to, uh, you know, go to landscape mode. And basically, I mean, it's the way it completely operates. But I, what I like about it is it looks like, you know, as, as a free app, it has everything that you you seemingly need in your Twitter apps. It has a, um, an ability to retweet, the ability to uh, have focus groups, the ability to... Um, just do different, just do every different thing that we want. Um, I, the one thing I really liked about it was that it has a button on it whenever you're uh, submitting new tweets that you can put for um, to publish to Facebook and Twitter or just to Twitter. So you know, if there's something, you know, I know a lot of us have our Facebook and our Twitter, you know, combined. But you know, if you you know didn't want to do the select Twitter on Facebook and just wanted to do use this app, I just thought it'd be you know. Very convenient. So anyway, it's um, called Twitter Landscape. The app is free. So we'll see if you all heard about it and if you used it. Anyway, um, thanks, and have a great day. John, thank you so much for calling in. I have not heard of that application until you just left that on the voicemail this morning, and it sounds like a very interesting one. I still think Tweety is going to be very hard to beat, and I would still encourage people to spend the $2.99 it costs to get Tweety and then you'll just you'll just know why. And uh, but if, if you're looking for a free application, you want to take a look at something different. Check out Twitter Landscape. Just do a search for Twitter Landscape in the iTunes App Store. And uh, I'll tell you, I I do like the fact that you know if 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 Twitter and Facebook are the only two 
uh, social networks that you're really, really active on, then I, I do like, I like the idea that there's an application that will post straight to Facebook as well, right from that, that application. It's got some interesting layout. I'm looking at pictures of it in the App Store right now. And like, for example, if you're looking up a single user or a Twitter account, on the, if you've got your phone in landscape mode, assuming you have an iPhone, uh-huh. um, on the left-hand side, half of it, it's got all the info about the person. But then on the right, it's got like the four or five most recent tre- tweets from the person right there. Oh, I like that. It's pretty cool looking. Um, I think it's got a little bit more polish to go, but it looks like, hey, as far as free Twitter apps go, this one's not bad at all. Very cool. Check that out, folks. And uh, thank you very much, John and Bonnie, for uh, leaving us voicemail feedback. And by the way, folks, you can listen. You can leave voicemails twenty four hours a day, seven days a week at area code eight five nine seven nine five four zero six seven. Again, that's eight five nine seven nine five four zero six seven. Of course, if you have an iPhone, you can use the voice memo application. And once you've finished recording, there's a little button that says share. You just send that into email feedback at gspn.tv and we'd be happy to play your audio feedback. And I do want to say a special thank you to Nick Padley, Aaron Benedict, and Scott Hamilton who responded to my question out on Twitter and Facebook this morning about filtering out the filth. All right, Eric, tell us about is social media a fad? All right. Well, this is a YouTube video. So I, and it doesn't have, it has music, but it does not have dialogue. So really playing it would be useless, but it's in the show notes. And essentially what it is, is it's a reinforcement, uh, a very visually stimulating, uh, video about all the different social media statistics, a lot of the which we had used, uh, last week to kind of set up the context for our, uh, social media and kids. Uh, as far as, you know, how long certain mediums took to reach a certain milestone. And it is very impressive, very cool. Uh, it's in the show notes, and I highly suggest watching it if you are interested in social media or use it at all. Awesome. All right. So added bonus content. Is social media a fad? All right. eBay, eBay sells Skype. Did you hear about this one? Yes. What do you think? They did. I well, it, I think it was inevitable. I think eBay bought Skype with certain intentions, never really got around to it, and with the lawsuit and stuff, it just kind of made sense. I wonder if this just will put the rest that whole idea of uh, the coordinate technology and lawsuits and all that other stuff. I I certainly hope so. I, we need to have Skype to use right now, obviously, because we're using it as we speak. Yeah, and uh, it, it just makes sense. Skype needs to be its own thing. It's from what I've seen, it's the leader in what it does. So let's get to work out, you yeah. know? Yeah, and, and and like I said, if you guys hadn't heard about it, there was a whole story about uh, Skype had said, you know, if they may have to shut down their business model uh, as it exists today because of some core technology that was in question as far as who owns the rights to it. And, and uh, I just never lost any sleep over it because it's like Skype is too big and too important to so many people that the pu- in public interest, it wouldn't make sense to let this thing go down. So, yeah, I mean, how would we be able? Well, of course, we would find other other ways we'd, to do we'd our work stuff. it out, but it, it'd be hard. Yeah, we would so. we would just use Gizmo Project. Right. <laughs> All right. In case of emergency, use Twitter. What are you talking about there? 
All right. Well, the Safe America Foundation, it's a national safety group working in the U.S. government, uh, announced that text messaging and social network sites, uh, including Twitter, could help families stay in touch in during a time of disaster. Um, now, obviously, Twitter isn't known for its stability, <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know that it's necessarily going to work. But when you know traditional phone lines and cell phone towers and things are down, the internet may not necessarily be down, and so it's it's a good idea to you know reach for that cell phone or that may not you know well anyway reach for the internet and and use that is basically what they're saying. So. It's just an added benefit as far as social networking goes, just to post out on Facebook. I'm okay, despite all the rumors of the such and such in my area. You know, for example, like all the, the fires that are out near uh, Wayne Henderson. Yes. And uh, by the way, folks in California, we are certainly praying for you guys, your safety, your even your property. Um, you know, take care, and uh, hopefully they can get the, all that stuff under control. Um, bookmark your tweets. What do you got going on there? All right. Well, this is something I saw called Tweet Saver. And I just want to ask, in terms of your inbox zero, before yes. we go into this, when you are finished re- doing whatever you need to do with a message, whether that's respond to it or tagged it or whatever, do you use Gmail and just archive it and keep it or do you delete it? I archive everything so that it can be searched for three years down the road. Okay. Then... My question to you is, would you like to do that with your tweets? But wait, there's more. (laughs) (laughs) I would love to do that. That's what this does. It's got a YouTube video. Does it, does it have good audio that would explain it? Uh, I, well, let's get, let's give them 30 seconds to see. Okay. And here we go. Yep. Five, four, three, two, one, and. So getting started. Oh, no, no, sorry. It's, yeah, some guy in his conference room recording audio. It's just a screen crash. So anyway, have you tried it? I have not tried it. I, I thought I would bring it up first, see what you thought. And I, I, I don't know that I personally need to archive my tweets. I kind of throw them out there to the wind in, in a certain context. But I don't know. I, I think that to a certain extent you don't need to hold on to the tweets but yeah that it depends on what you need them you're using it for so yeah for I, a business that might not be a bad idea <laughs> yeah here's the deal i i would I, i'm looking at first of all good news they use open authorization so you click right. on it and you don't have to give them your username and password although you are giving them the ability to store all these tweets back and forth uh to to store on their servers I I would like to be the ability to do that on my own server, or pay uh, Twitter. Twitter themselves as a premium. Yes, yeah, that's that's a way they could make some money. Exactly, that, that's the thing. I, there are so many things I would be willing. There are things I'd be willing to pay Twitter for. I'd be willing to pay Twitter to send me push notifications to my iPhone, so I don't need a third party application to do it. I'd be willing to pay Twitter to push. Um, uh, the at replies to me once again, I would be willing to pay for that. Tr- Remember when we used to be able to track certain words, keywords? Right. Yeah, I'd, exactly. I'd pay for that. I would pay to have a tr- uh, an SMS or a push notification uh, sent to me every time somebody uses the term <laughs> high LPR 40 or yeah. podcast equipment or, you know, or that phrase. So, but anyway. Can you do a, uh, 
like a Google alert for that? I don't know. I, I guess I could. I guess I subscribe could. to it as an RSS feed or something. Create a Google alert. That that's what I'm thinking about doing for a few things. Hmm, that's interesting. Are you still there? Yes. All right, cool. We're going to move on to the next thing. We had talked about, and we've even mentioned it here, that there are things that we don't believe that there's any really wrong way to use Twitter, right? But people, right. But people who are asking that question aren't really asking, you know, am I going to get in trouble if I, if I do this? You know, am I going to get my account suspended? When people ask, is there a right way to use Twitter, what are they asking? They're asking, what should I do so that I make sure that all of my friends don't get mad at me and quit following me, right? How can I be successful on Twitter? Okay, so yeah, that's another way of putting it. Maybe. So, so here I was. I was looking at social media today, by the way, which is a is a website uh, that I get notifications from quite frequently. And here are eight Twitter habit habits that may not will, but may get you unfollowed. And uh, here they are: number eight, constant tweeting about your own business. I do that daily. (laughs) (laughs) Number seven, people who mistake public tweets for private tweets, such as, hey, baby, Steph, I'm, you know, you ready? (laughs) Whatever the case may be. You just don't want those things to accidentally go out. That's why I always say never use D space username to send a direct message to somebody. Always go in, click on their ID, and click on the button that says send direct message. Uh, although you in short in short code you could do d space username space and then your message and it sends a direct message but don't chance it um number 6 people who engage in partial and cryptic at replies um now that would be you know it's kind of like inside jokes and stuff like that and and i could see that that could be annoying you know why not carry an instant message or a text you know, texting back and forth directly or even emails. Uh, but yeah, if you engage in a lot of partial and cryptic replies where most people don't understand what you're even talking about, it just starts becoming noise in the background. Uh, number five, only sending links. You know, just send links. Uh, now, some, one of the things that I really enjoy are folks that I follow that actually do provide some links and actually frequently. I love it when they say, hey, I was reading this and I enjoyed it. But actually just putting a link in your update and not saying anything about what that link is, or if you never really have any conversation, all you're doing is putting links out, those kind of things can they, they may get you unfollowed. Uh, number four, excessive game sweeps and viral marketing. So... Um, I don't know what they were exactly talking about there. If you go to the article, they have a little breakdown. I think of, I think if they mean if there's somebody doing a giveaway on Twitter and you you keep retweeting all the different ones. Oh yes, yes. Click here to get a chance to win this free iPod. Yes. Okay, got it. All right, number three: automatic direct messages. This one I really do not like. Uh, when you actually follow somebody on Twitter. And then, like within thirty seconds, you get a direct message from them, and it's supposed to sound like it's personal, but it's obviously something that they've just set up. That that's frustrating. Especially- Hi, thanks for following. Please check out my this and this and the stuff I do. Exactly. Yeah, those kind of things really annoy me. Um, I don't know that I've ever unfollowed somebody because they put it on, but it is annoying. And in the chat room, I'm actually seeing people say, "I hate that." So. 
Uh, and then uh, Daniel is even saying, I so totally want to unfollow anyone who auto DMs. So th- there you go. It, this, this is confirmation from our chat room as we're recording live that peop- that we're not the only people who hate this. So a lot of people hate automatic direct messages. So if you're using that, you may want to consider turning that off and personally sending some direct messages. Uh, Stephanie, the show is running just about on time, actually. So we'll be done right at 12. Uh, let's see here. Publicly thanking others for thinking that you're terrific. I, I have to admit that I sometimes do that. <laughs> there's, uh, there's nothing wrong with occasionally doing that. Yeah, I, I don't do it frequently. But every now and then somebody will send in something that just really, it's like, oh, man, thank you. And I might put that out in a blog and say, you know, hey, you know, this made me feel great today. And and maybe that's a little narcissistic. I don't know. But, you know, what else is Twitter for if it's not for narcissism, right? Exactly. <laughs> well, stalking. And stalking. And uh, sometimes it, it really helps us out if we have ADHD and we yes. just really need to uh, put that into full gear. We'll talk about that in a second. And then, of course, uh, you want to you wanna really increase your chances of having your friends uh, stop following you. Do lots of talk about politics, religion, and sex. Yes. And, of course, they just said unless you are... Twitter brand is politics, religion, or sex. So, anyway. And uh, that's all I got. Do you want to explain what this Venn diagram is that we've got in our show notes? Okay, well, it's it's essentially three rings, and each of those rings represents uh, ADHD, narcissism, and stalking. And then they kind of are pushed together so that there are certain places where those three things overlap. And then somebody has put in, in each of those overlapping pieces, uh, with Twitter being in the center, uh, a different social network. For example, ADHD and narcissism is MySpace. Narcissism and stalking is Facebook. ADHD and stalking is TweetStalk, which I've never seen. And in the center, equally, ADHD, narcissism, and stalking is Twitter. Right. So obviously, it's 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 this little Venn diagram that is made to be kind of a joke or whatever. But I can see I can see some people who who kind of um, they they hear about Twitter, they hear about all these things, why we use these services, and a lot of people is like, man, that is so it's just so full of pride and it's a little creepy and. It's just for people who are who are who lack all self discipline and and all that stuff. And I can see where people see this, and that's how that's their view of social networking. And I'll tell you, I really feel bad for people who actually see um, social networking in this way. You know, I certainly see hints and aspects of of narcissism. And like I said, I'm I'm not completely uh, <laughs> void of that myself. Uh, I now I've never stalked anyone. Uh, and I, I probably have a little t- uh, problem with uh, keeping my mind focused, so maybe there's a little ADHD in there. <laughs> but but for the most part, there's some very re- real, rich things that can come out of and benefit us on a daily basis out of social networking that is not in here, that's not in this diagram. Yeah, these are three negative terms. You know what I would actually challenge our users or our listeners, sorry, our users to uh, go out and do is to come up with three 
positive attributes and maybe group those into there. Yeah, marketing, networking, um, uh, um, relationship building. Yeah, you know, it, it just just all kinds of different things that these things are. There are always positive things uh, that can go along with these. And 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 here's the thing: all of these things are nothing more than tools. And and what I love about this, and this is the way I love thinking about this, it's just a form of communication. That it's a form of communication, and you know what? My phone could be used for narcissism, or stalking, or stalking exactly. <laughs> and if you have an iPhone, it definitely could be used for oh, ADHD, yeah, ADHD stuff too, as well. Find your iPhone exactly. So, uh, anything else that you wanted to share today, Eric? No, I I think that's it. We covered a lot, and I think you know you gotta just. <laughs> Practice and practice what you preach, and and be careful what you look at. <laughs> exactly, and 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 if you haven't done so already, think about some of the th- different things that we talked about today. Consider ways that you can filter the filth out of your home. But just remember this: no matter if you use software, hardware to try to do that, nothing is going to work uh, better, or at least complement that more. Uh, then if you actually sit down and, and really sit down and have some conversations, especially if it's with your children about the different things that we're looking out on the Internet, because this stuff's out there and uh, putting software on your computer and, and hardware is not going to block it all out. But at the same time, I do believe that there's a real benefit in putting roadblocks to it. So put the hurdles out there, make them jump over it. And uh, hopefully, you know, you can teach your kids how to circumvent all that stuff so that they know how to be technologically aware and uh, capable to do all kinds of cool things in the future because who knows what all is going to be out there in technology in 50 years from now. Eric, thank you so much, my friend. No problem. I had an enjoyable week talking about this stuff. And, of course, if you guys want to, give us a call, area code 859-795-4067. Eric, where can they find you on Twitter? I am at Eric, that's E-R-I-K-J-F-I-S-H-E-R. There we go. And you can find me twitter.com slash G-S-P-N. And for those of you who are listening via the podcast, thank you so much for being a gspn.tv plus member. Of course, this episode's only going out to you guys in the download feeds, and uh, we just want to say thank you. You guys make our world go round. Until next time, everybody, join the community. Later.